Good evening. Welcome to this evening's edition of the Richard Urban Show, where we bring you news and views from God's point of view. Today, we're very happy to have Sharon Owusu Banahini on, and she is a podcaster, a mother, a wife from Derbyshire in the United Kingdom. So, uh, welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, so tonight we're going to be talking about why absence matters and, you know, around that topic. So, yeah, if you'd just like to introduce yourself for the listeners and, you know, anything you'd like to, like to share. And I can interject some questions later, too. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Sharon Ousibanahine. I'm a podcaster as well. Um, I had a podcast called uh, Motivation Monday with Sharon. Um, I usually just encourage people um, just to give them a head start to their week. And then sometimes I bring guests on the show to kind of talk about real life situations, like things to do with marriage, God's perspective on marriage, um, growing up. Um, obviously, I'm from an African background, so I'm from Ghana, West Africa, and some of our upbringings and how it conflicts with being in the Western world, like there's very different um, values. So, yeah. Those That's pretty cool. Of, yeah, yeah, and I've listened to some of your podcasts, and they're really good, so I highly encourage the listeners, oh, you. you know, to, to check out the podcast. I know it's on... Uh, Spotify and probably on uh, Apple Podcasts and many other platforms. Mm -hmm. So it's Motivation yeah. Mondays with Sharon, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're talking about, you know, why absence matters. And, you know, I mean, some of the things that came to my mind, you know, about it or are like, you know, is, do you think, you know, as a wife, a mother, a podcaster, a person, a Christian, do you think like sexual absence before marriage? is like a realistic standard in today's world? Oh so if you are talking from a human perspective, then no. But if you're talking in obviously what the biblical principles that is supposed to guide us is saying, which is the word of God, then obviously we're supposed to abstain. It's not the easiest of things, but it's something that you have to live by. You're supposed to be following the principles of the word of God. So then, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, okay. So we're kind of like saying it's a good thing, but you know, in the, like today's standard, like I know you, a lot of the programs here, um, well, you're talking about different topics, you know, dealing with God's different topics with the Bible and, the, you know, God's people. So, like, in the church today, do you think, like, should the standard of, like, you know, Christian courtship or dating, you know, be absence before marriage? Hmm. Well, absolutely. I would like to say that the principles of God's word are set to guide us therefore you know we can't be we, we can't negate that aspect 
and just do things the way we want. So you can't do courtship without the fundamental, um, which is the word of God. So I would say therefore that yes, um, the standard of sexual abstinence must be accepted, must be accepted by every standard for Christian dating and courtship. So yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, well. So are we in a crisis in the church? I mean, I've heard it said and some statistics show like things like divorce aren't all that different between people who are churched and unchurched. Like, are we in some kind of crisis about that? Or do you think, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's a big crisis because um, people have not been guided I would say properly, it depends on how people have grown up and what has shaped them. So, for example, if you have, you can have someone from a Christian background, but they've grown up, you maybe face some kind of trauma, which has made them drift from the word of God and from the things of God. So they end up making some mistakes, which you know, will go, um, will go very wrong. So for example, they end up dating the wrong person, man or woman, and you know, it doesn't go right. And then there's a divorce or where there's abuse or where's, you know, it causes a lot of pain. There's a repercussion for not going with the principles of the word of God because I, I've been there, so I know for sure there's repercussions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned you had some testimony. I don't know if you're in the space to talk about it now, but yeah, I mean, I think I think so. Um, so right now, I think isn't like co well, actually, we know as a fact, you know, statistically, cohabitation is very common. And it seems like even, you know, I don't know, you know, I haven't done any survey of the church versus unchurch or anything like that. But I do know, obviously, statistically, it's very common. And some people think that's a good preparation for marriage. And what, what do you think about that? Well, first, I would like to say that the enemy's way of robbing us of the promises of God for our life and our peace and our purpose is to get us to derail so obviously whilst it might seem right because that's the way of the world <laughs> it it it's the wrong thing to do right because um I, well i have cohabitated before so <laughs> I know it's the wrong thing to do. I believe that um, if you're gonna be with someone, you're well off going in the marriage with a lot of love and knowing that if it didn't work, you, you, you were married than cohabitating. Yeah, well, that's an interesting thing you bring up. I mean, to me, so, like, I've been married now, like, 38 years, thank God, 
So and we have two two children, and I'm still married. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank God. Um. So, what, what was I gonna say? Is that um. Yeah. Oh, commitment. Commitment. So I think that a lot of the thing about cohabitation is people forget. You know, it's about commitment. You know, I think you're making a commitment. You're not like, it's not gonna be perfect. It's gonna take hard work and effort, but you're making a commitment with the other person. So it's not like this tentative thing like, okay, well, let's try it for a while. And if it doesn't work out. So I think, I guess what I was gonna say or comment is the whole commitment. Isn't that a really important element, you know, to decide, I mean, I suppose there are some extreme cases, like you mentioned, you know, abuse or something. But barring that, aren't you like in a commitment before God with your spouse? Absolutely. So I think it's um, cohabitation is like being, it's more or less like being in a a kind of marriage just without the ring. <laughs> And the and the vows and the rest, and it's a it's a very dangerous place to be because you've not had the blessings of your family, perhaps, and it makes it difficult to resolve issues, especially when things go wrong. Right. But then when families are involved, then it makes it easier to resolve the issues. And to be honest, I used to think that, oh, perhaps cohabitating is a good thing because when I was cohabitating, I, well, it took that for me to realize I was with an abuser. So then if I hadn't lived with him, I wouldn't have known. I would have jumped into a marriage, which will be hell. Mm. So then, from that perspective, I thought, well, maybe it's a good thing. But then at the same time, that's not God's um, principles and that's not his wishes for our lives. Right. Well, I know there are a number of ways you can do marriage preparation. And there, one of the guys I really like, uh, who's a marriage, I guess he's like, he might be officially a counselor. Um, oh my gosh, my mind just went blank. How to Avoid Marrying a Jerk is his book. And his name will come back to my mind in a minute. John Van App, John Van App. It's a great book. So he's got all these different steps you go through with your potential partner. And he has these like red flags and he has this like dashboard of different like levels. And he's saying that never let like the level of intimacy exceed these other previous levels like knowing yeah. the person trusting the person does yeah. the person like introduce you to his family and there's several things so i'm thinking maybe or not maybe definitely those kind of things could really help you know i, I hear what you're saying you know you need to know something about the person but if you go through that kind of thing like mr van f is talking about you might see the red flags what do you think Ooh, to be honest, at the time, 
I did not see the red flag. There was no red flag. He was as cool as the waters, you know? So I didn't see anything that suggested that he was physically abusive. Mm. So then, you know, I thought, oh, I'm comfortable with this person. We were, you know, preparing to get married. But then the abuse went on for a while. And I, I had to jump out, obviously. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry that happened, but I'm glad that you survived. And, you know, now you're married happily. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. And congrats. I heard on your show that you just had a, a third child. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we talked about a, a few different things. Um, wow. Well, these are really just, this is just a really profound topic. As you know, it's something that's close to my heart. I have a ministry, Urban Life Training. We have a lot of materials. Our, our mission is to help youth to succeed by abstaining from sex and preparation for marriage and to help them form successful families. We've been doing that for a while with youth like in public schools in Washington, D.C. and other places. And um, you want that to expand. I feel that this kind of issue is really at the core of pretty much what ails society. I mean, because it's related to all these other things like poverty and, you know, rage like one of my things i don't know if you've heard it like part three of my series i was talking about a couple of people who are authors who wrote books like jesse lee peterson and Jeanette rose bars and, and she was talking about like her books like whatever happened daddy's little girl like a lot of women who are grew up without their father they're angry they're really angry they're really angry at that whole thing so this has a lot to do with the way society is progressing what do you think Absolutely. I think there's so much societal influence when it comes to this topic. Um, a lot of people have suffered, maybe grown up without their father or their mother, and they're looking for maybe that kind of love, which they misinterpret to be a relationship with a father or, I mean, with, an, with a man. Right. So then you end up in, in the wrong relationship because you're looking for something which you think you're going to find in a man. And mind you, the man is also has his own issues. <laughs> right. So then he, he can't be the person to solve that problem. Right. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I mean, I think this needs to be discussed a lot more. I mean, in all circles, the church circle, but also even in, in society in general, in politics, you know, because all the time they're talking about, oh, you know, we have all these problems, you know, whether it be like, I live in West Virginia, you know, opioid abuse, which is prevalent extremely in a lot of parts of West Virginia, pretty much all of it. And all those kind of things, well, Pretty much, if people grow up in a stable home with both their parents, they're going to be much less likely to get involved in all kinds of problems. What do you think? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay, go yeah. ahead. I grew up, well, I grew up in, in Ghana okay. before I located here. 
So I came here at the age of um, 15. Okay. Um, back in Ghana, I was living with my maternal grandmother. Okay. And aunties and uncles. Um, it was, I had a great childhood. But then, I mean, something didn't go right. But it was, to me, it was a, I enjoyed my childhood. But then moving here to live with my mother and my father, it was very different. It wasn't how I anticipated. So um, without the intervention of God, I think it would have ended badly. In that case, I don't think that living with your parents necessarily guarantees how you turn out. I think it all depends on you and your resilience and your willingness to really grow as a person. So that, that's just how I feel about it. Okay, fair enough. I mean, there's no 100% formulas. But I think overall, I know statistically, like, you know, youth who do grow up with parents are less likely to be involved in, like, crime or delinquency and definitely less likely to grow up, you know, poor and things like that. But you're right. I mean, it's not a hundred percent formula. But I think overall, wouldn't you agree? Like for your own children, as they grow up, you would prefer probably for them. You know, hopefully you will, you will give them a stable home with your husband. And I would assume you prefer, or you you do, because we've been talking about it. Prefer for them to stay absent for marriage and things like that, right? Oh yeah, we've been talking to an almost ten year old about it. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of given him a challenge that, you know, when your sisters are old, we're going to see who's going to be able to abstain because then they're going to get a special gift from us on their wedding day. So it's like a challenge that we've kind of given him. And I, I think we've discussed this because the world is not how it used to be anymore. Right. So then you can't hide certain things from the kids, especially when they're growing up and they're asking questions and, you know, you can't just shut them out. Right. You have to be able to guide them. And of course, we've told him what the Bible says about staying pure till you get married. So then, yeah. That's wonderful. I think that's the, like they're so essential. And, you know, I think as a parent, I want to, of course, encourage you be totally confident in that. Because sometimes I've talked to parents and even though I know that's what they believe, they're not 100% confident, you know, that their kids will fall. I mean, of course, you can't make your kids do anything. But what I'm saying is that we should be confident. Tell our kids, yes, this is what should happen. And this is the right thing. That's what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely, you know, I think this is extremely important, you know, to, to do that. And yeah, one of the things we do is we have a lot of materials. We just had like a, a online seminar. We recorded it and people can like purchase that on our website for a nominal fee. And, you know, even a lot of materials you could discuss with your children, like videos from some of what we call star guides, which are like usually they're a college age youth that we've had 
working with us and they give their testimonies and stuff. So you can play it and talk with the kids. And we have other, um, what we call relationship intelligence presentations. So it's really good for education. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I feel like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Love to know what you think about. Yeah. I mean, I think some of these things we, we need to like talk a lot more about it. Talk about God's word, word regarding it. And I don't know if you saw, did you see the presentation I had on the fall of man? Did you have time to look at it? In one of my uh, podcasts. Is it along with that link? Is it's it that 16 minutes, that 16 minute one? It's not too long. It's like, it has a, if you look at it on YouTube, you can see the slides, but it talks about the um, fall of man and, you know, the, like how the fall of man involved actually a premature sexual relationship and like that. Oh, yeah. You saw that? Yeah. Is it the one where you had different um, perspectives from um, different quotes from different authors and writers about um, yeah, it includes a number of uh, biblical quotes, and it yeah. also, like, it's it's actually uh, based also on the teaching from the divine principle, like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I recommend it. But anyway, the point is that we could talk more about stuff like that. You know, maybe if you want to have a further conversation, something like that. I just feel it'll really help society a lot. Okay, well, say that again. What, what, what area do you want us to talk about? Well, we can talk more about God's, God's word about regarding like um, his plan of creation, about sexual purity, and those topics. Right. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. So yeah. one of the um, verses um, I looked at was Romans 12, 2. Okay. It says that do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, um, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So here, I think two key points, which is the test and the approval, which means that for me, um, sexual purity or being sexually pure is a test in itself, just like Muslims in life. Mm -hmm. So then God is expecting us to adhere to his word yes. concerning every area of our life. It's not just about sexual but then it's also about every aspect of our life. Um, there's also the part where I say that practically abstaining from sex, especially in this world, where there's so much pressure, is, is a very difficult thing. But I'd like to say that it's something that is possible if you're going to put yourself in a place, especially with young people out there, um, put your place in a place which doesn't leave you vulnerable so that 
anyone is taking advantage of you when you're not ready or it's not the right time which should be on your wedding day <laughs> yes agreed <laughs> we should be on your wedding day so we should endeavor to do things god's way because there's a lot of rewards and blessings when we do things god's way having said that there's also i mean if you in a place where you're already engaged in that and you're feeling like oh how do i get out of this well we look at um, john 8 11 where jesus commands the adulterous woman to go and sin no more so even if you find yourself in a place like that and you feel trapped god's mercy still abounds you and he extends his grace to you to help you out of that situation. I'd like to say that ask for forgiveness and move on. Forgive yourself. Um and, and that's it really when it comes to that. <laughs> All right. Well well thank you for sharing sharing the word. Um, yeah, I think we're probably coming close to the end of this interview, but like we say, maybe we'll have more, hopefully. Um, yeah, anything else you want to say on the topic or any, any th thoughts about why sexual absence matters? Um, well, I'd like to share, I think, Psalm 103, verse 11 to 13, which says that for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is love. For those who fear him and as far as the east is from the west so far as he removed our transgressions from us as a father has compassion on his children so the lord has compassion on those who fear him i chose this um bible quotation because i think as parents is our god-given responsibility to be able to nurture and guide our kids. However, we find that sometimes we are a bit overly, should I say, overly protective. And we want to, especially when they're they like in the teenage years, and we just want them to do what we want them to do they get a bit more curious to want to know why you said they shouldn't do what you're asking them not to do so for example like staying sexually pure i would encourage that would handle them with a lot of compassion as god handles us as he shows us mercy today and forgives us we should extend that mercy to our children. I think we, we tend to think because they are kids, um, they just, you know, well, when they grow up, we'll deal with it. But I think that it's good to let them know that you, you feel compassion on them because 
right now we live in a world which is very different from what our time was. Mm -hmm. There's no mercy like people and social media, I think, has played a big role in, you know, when it comes to sexuality. Right. There's all sorts out there and it doesn't help. So as much as we can give them all the advice, um, is also up to, if they are spending most of their time out there, is up to, I think society shape them as well, to some extent. And, and that's like where we need to find a balance and, you know, pray for them more than we chastise them because it's a very, um, should I say, it's, a, it's more of a dark world out there now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You were, which, uh, which verse was that you were sharing, by the way? The um, Psalm 103. From 11 to 13. Okay. Yeah. And you were talking about the role society should play or toward the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that we have to be a bit more compassionate with the kids. Right. Because society plays a big role as well. As much as we shape them at home and keep them uh, I get it, I get it. The conflicting not, things they're hearing. Absolutely. Not, not all of them have the resilience to stick to the values that we've taught them right. or instilled in them. So then it's very difficult to say that you can have a child who's grown up in a very happy home, but then he goes out there and becomes a different person grow, growing up because of the pressures of the world. Mm -hmm. So then you can't guarantee that they're going to turn out right just because they know God and just because you've instilled great values in them. However, you're going to keep praying for them yeah. and you're going to hope that they turn out just as you hope. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that's true. We need a lot of prayer. We need compassion. Yeah. And mutual support. I mean, that could be a whole nother discussion, like, you know, things like the role of like public schools versus homeschooling and things like that. That could be a whole nother discussion. Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, it's definitely, you know, your kids, if you do send your kids to this public school, which many parents do, some don't, you know, they're going to be influenced. And especially, probably, especially as they get older, you know. <laughs> There's yeah, just no definitely. two ways about it. So yeah, that's a big issue, a really big issue. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I, did, I thank you for coming on today and I hope oh, we can con yeah, continue this conversation. I'm host Richard Urban. I'm coming from Stuart Carpenter's Ferry. We thank uh, Sharon Benini for being on this day. I hope you'll be blessed. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. <laughs> We'll see you next time.